Welcome to the Top Gun Minute, a daily podcast in which we analyze, scrutinize, and celebrate the movie Top Gun one minute at a time. I am your pilot, Brian Kaboom Boucher, and with me once again, Curtis Kilroy Blaze. Hello, hello. It's so great to be back. We're here to talk about Minute 92, which begins with a correction and ends with the launching of Maverick on Alert 5. Wow, I wonder what this man. I didn't think there's gonna be that much happening here, but uh, they're gonna launch Maverick. Hmm, not something that makes ice happy. No, no, no. Found out at the end of yesterday's minute that we were wrong. Wolfman made it perfectly clear we're wrong. He's you know, because he said, Make that five. There, uh, <laughs> correction, yeah, there are now five bogeys and one's on my ass. So, Wolfman. The Rio is in the back keeping track of all that. And yes. And um, what am I trying to say? Hollywood is in front driving. Yes. And running weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, so bad times for Hollywood and the Wolfman in this minute. Yeah. Yeah. So we got one on his ass. And uh, of course, we go back to the ship and, you know, and uh, the radio man says, you know, there's five, sir. You know, very uh, calmly, you know, and Stinger's like, well, what? There's five. There's five. And then the radio man confirms that, yes, sir, there's five. So Hollywood's not having a good day. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah. He's trying to outmaneuver this uh, bogey who's, you know, trying to get it, trying to get the radar lock on him. Uh, <laughs> we see this little move. Second six, uh, where he pulls the throttle, you know, pushes the throttle forward and the stick back, which is, you know, what we saw in the beginning of the movie. That's what Maverick did to pull the brakes, you know, yep. hit, you know, but that's not what happens here. At least not what we see. Yeah. He, when he does it, when he does it here, he just turns slightly to the left. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, hmm. this, was, this scene makes me think of that uh, that Family Guy scene where they were uh, making fun of Star Wars, where Han Solo goes, "Hold on, I've got a few maneuvers," and then <laughs> Han veers slightly to the left, <laughs> and that's what they show. And that's kind of what this is. It's like he's 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 supposed to be making these maneuvers to uh, get away from him, but what we see on the screen is him just going, you know, listing slightly. <laughs> Yeah, power move right there. (laughs) (laughs) His controls work a little different than Maverick's. I don't know. Yeah. They're doing all the same. Dude has, uh, well, I don't know. You know, maybe it is realistic that you'd be twisting, turning around in your seat. But I would think as the Rio, you would be the guy that, like, is just focusing on your instruments and and trying to, like, navigate or whatever it is you do back there. Make sure everything is... uh, Make sure the guy has all the information, not like twisting around like like a five year old watching a cool train go by. Right um, there, are, we have found out. Uh, I never knew this until watching, you know, doing my research. Um, they do have mirrors back there, you know, like rear view mirrors. Oh sure, yeah. You know, and I didn't know that. 
so they can they don't have to you know do the whole rubbernecking thing you know trying to see who's behind them but hey it's a movie you know you can't just can't have them just sitting there you know barely moving their heads you know it's, there's it's not going to keep you engaged in the movie sure it's got to be exciting looking yeah so so did um so did you guys already talk about in an earlier minute what planes the migs are yeah yeah they're f5s they're f5s okay yes in real life yes they just painted uh, them black or something yep just painted them black yeah yep so they would look menacing but yeah and of course you know the like i said before the pilots look like tie fighter pilots you know <laughs> a little it, bit yeah you think it, that's on purpose it's star wars on earth that's that's what how it was pitched you know so all right yeah i asked because um there was a uh Jeez, God, I kind of want to watch that movie now that I'm talking about it. There was a uh, Clint Eastwood movie that came out where he was he uh, snuck into Russia and stole back some some fighter, some experimental fighter. What was it called Firefox? I think. Firefox, yeah. Fox, Foxfire, Firefox, Firefox. Mm-hmm. And his helmet was just like just like this one, the one right. the guys are wearing, right? With the dark with the dark shades and the. <laughs> mm-hmm. And meanwhile, our guys don't have their shades down at all, even though they really would. So right, we can see their faces. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and of course we don't want to see the we can't see the <clears throat> the MIG pilots because those are the you know real uh, Navy fighter pilots that you know um, you know you see that they're you know <laughs> they look like our guys so you don't want them to see their faces. Hmm. Yeah. So the uh, real Navy fighter pilots were were the were the uh, the bad guys in the scene. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So yeah. for the rest of their lives, they're like, I was in Top Gun, and, and their cousins are like, What are you talking about? He's like, Look. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the faceless guy with the, that you can't see the face of. Yeah. With the shape. Um, that's yeah. Me. Yeah. There, there are a couple times where you, the where the the angle of the sun or the light is hitting them, you know, mm-hmm. and you can actually kind of see a face. You can see their just eyes, just like Darth Vader. Yeah. Every every couple there are a couple times, um, <clears throat> and you know some of the pilots I, I've I've talked to, and you know they've you know tried to get away with <clears throat> doing a, a little slight movement here or there, you know, so they know that oh that was me. If that shows up, that was me, you know. <laughs> and that's fun. Almost every one of them got caught. So ah. yeah, like the little kid that's doing the big cough on the recording of the. Uh of the fourth grade play. Right. So we get a, yeah, our, our enemy big guy, he's got his heads up display with the, you know, the red circle and the red square and he's lining them up, got the tone, gets them. And then he doesn't hesitate and he hits that fire button. This is just the eighties. And we are deciding to just go to war with each other. Yep. I guess so. Just all there is to it. Just blam. Here's the first shots in World War Three. Yeah, I mean, that's what it should be. You know, if that's if this was real life, yeah, this would totally start World War Three. And he actually kill. Well, doesn't kill, but he because he gets the GI Joe exit with the. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but he blows a uh, he blows an F fourteen out of the sky. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. kind of yeah. It's kind of nice. Uh, you no. Know, 
I've mentioned before, the Navy authorized them to fire two missiles uh, while making this movie. So this is one of them. They fired off, but they really didn't blow up a an F-14. That's, that was a model. No, I mean, yeah, and, and not a great model either. That is not mm-hmm. how aluminum and titanium burns. Right. But, <laughs> but it's kind of nice. If, if, you, if you're watching this frame by frame, it's actually kind of cool because you see the missile and it goes right into the right engine. Like it's supposed to. Like it's supposed to. Yeah. Because it's a heat seeking missile. Well, okay. So I have a question about that because I, I noticed the same thing too. With heat seeking missiles, you don't get radar lock. You shoot out and then the internal the internal guidance looks for the hot spot in the sky and goes towards it. Correct. And when you have radar lock, then you're painting it, you're sending a radio signal out, and then that radio signal stays locked on the airplane while and, and the missile follows it to the to the to the enemy. Right. Yeah. So I think okay. uh oh uh, do you have something to say about that? Well I was just saying so it's 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 kind of real, but it's kind of bullshit. <laughs> Yeah. The first time I watched this movie, like I went to the theater to see it, right? Back in 1980, whatever it was. Uh-huh. This was the only shot of the whole fight where even as a kid, I was like, eh, it looks like they've got a piece of balsa wood swinging on a string that's on fire. But that's the only effect in the entire movie and the entire thing with everything that they had to do and without the ability to use computers to, to recreate anything. That even and, and it's only for a second. It's the only thing in the whole movie. Otherwise, it's so solid. I'm just, right. I'm just so like I love all of these sequences. Yeah. Was you, it the original director that shot all these, or did he have a second unit guy that was a specialist in in jet planes, or did just the Navy shoot everything and then said, "Here, use what you can." No, it was it was Tony Scott. He uh, well, uh, all the all the main flying stuff. Yes, you know, it was Tony Scott. And, you know, he basically got with the, the technical advisors and the, the, um, the pilots, you know, and they basically, you know, kind of figure out, okay, we want to do this. And the Navy was like, we can't do that because we can't do that for real. It's not <laughs> it's for not real, <laughs> you know, so they had, they had a compromise, you know, to come up with a good strategy for all the flying sequences. You know what they oh, could and what so they could exciting. Yeah, what they could and couldn't do. So right here with the, the the planes, the planes that blow up and like uh when the um Maverick and Goose's plane when they go through the jet wash and they crash, uh, mm-hmm. all that was done with models, you know, and you know, they were done at a different location. They were those were done in Oakland. Um, they had a, a whole crew of you know. Uh, pyrotechnic people and model makers and um you know all these different you know special effect guys trying to figure out a way to you know blow up these planes and get a, a you know on film and make it look like the real thing so so yes there was you know an assistant director or or first ad whatever who was part of that you know the uh the things that I've seen, the combat footage that I've seen 
when uh, when a real missile hits a real plane, it seems to it seems to like blow it apart. He hits, and then there's an explosion of fire, and like it's like the pieces of the plane all blow apart from each other. Like the plane just comes apart in midair like that. Right. And it's not really on fire, and it's not really whole still. It seems like the wings fall off, and the back the back parts come off. And then usually the nose survives because they're being hit from the back. Right. And that seems to be like, like pretty consistently how every plane comes apart when they get hit with a missile from the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like And they did just an amazing job in this movie. They, mm-hmm. you know, they really, with the exception of the part, with the exception of this one, two second shot where the thing is just on fire for no good reason. Um, right. It really, I, you know, the earlier part where, maverick crashes it didn't even occur to me that that was uh shenanigans right there that it was miniatures and stuff going on right i mean of course it was but it just looked great yeah oh yeah yeah they did a very good job at it to make it practical effects guys back then were the best so how did the navy feel about any of this they were like ah we're gonna have the russians beat us (laughs) yeah um blowing up our planes I guess well, I guess we win, but yeah, I, I guess yeah. In the end, we win, you know. But I mean, right here they had to, you know, they had to get rid of Hollywood and um, the Wolfman. They had so oh, of course yeah. so Maverick can get up there, you know. Which yep. you know he should have been up there in the first place because you know you sent up the the number one guy from Top Gun, and you sent the number three guy. From Top Gun, you just put number two on on the back burner. You know that seems kind of weird. Well, as a tactic, you know, I don't. Do you just launch everybody? Do you just sort out everybody that you have? <laughs> right. That's that's kind of what we were we talked about last week. Yeah, yeah. We're well, not what, gonna... like what decision did you guys come to? Well, we decided just launch everybody. Everybody. You know, we you know we go with you know we're gonna go. We're not. You know, we think there's, you know, they have two planes. We're not sending two planes. We're sending 16. Sure. You know. Overwhelm them. Yes. So they're not going to do a damn thing. You know. <laughs> uh, but, of course, we'll, we'll see uh, coming up in, you know, maybe tomorrow's episode of why they don't send 16 planes. But it seems yeah. like they, they, they only thought to send up three at the most maybe four. well it makes it it makes it more exciting for us as viewers right but yeah uh hollywood gets hit blows off a wing he's losing control you know planes falling down you know it's still on fire like you said which is kind of crap but whatever it's a movie so where's hollywood's rio we only just see the one guy parachuting. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, you're, you're. Like, <laughs> that implies it. death, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and the back of the plane got hit, blown off. So. Yeah. <laughs> and and like you said, you know, get the, the G.I. Joe ejection, you know, you know. I'm fine. Uh, yeah. The plane blows up and you immediately jump out. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, of course, the chair is not hooked to him still. You know, he's already gotten rid of that. But the plane is, you know, his chute is now opening. Iceman's freaking out, you know, because he's been hit. Now he's kind of vulnerable. He's, you know, 
Yeah. Well, he wishes Mag he misses he wishes Maverick was there now. Oh yeah. Uh nothing personal. Nothing personal. No, not at all. <laughs> anyway, well, we never really talked about that in the last I guess that was last week for you, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Did you guys did you guys kind of decide is it nothing personal? Is he just being a professional and going, you know, hey, Maverick's still freaked out about the thing and not engaging? We we came to the idea that you know yeah he can still be concerned, you know, but just the way he came across you know out in the open he didn't say hey you know hey can we step in your office you know can step out on the hall I need to talk to you for a second you know yeah even though you know it's a little jerky huh yeah even yeah just a little bit um, but you know even though you know you know how it is you know if the command has came up with the plan. That's what they're going with. There's no change in it. You know, these pilots are not going to change your mind, you know, because they've already had, you know, discussions with all the higher ups about what's going to happen. You know, do you think they would have known Maverick was going through this when they deployed him? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they all, I'm sure they all heard that Goose had been killed, you know, and yeah. he was freaking oh, out. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They're from the ship originally. That's right. Well, well Maverick is. Uh, right. Hollywood and Iceman and Wolfman and Hollywood are not. Uh, mm. And of course, Maverick is Stinger's guy. You know, you know, he we you know found out in the beginning of the movie, you know, he's done a lot of crap and he, uh Stinger's let him get away with it. You yeah. Know? So, you know, that's his boy. You know, don't mess with him. You know, he may be uh <laughs> He may be a hothead and does some weird stuff, but he gets the job done. Yeah. Did did they get to film Tom Cruise in the uh, the cockpit of one of these things for this movie? Um, they tried. How did that work out? It did not work out very well. I'm sure well, you probably already talked about this in an earlier. Um, I'm just curious. Maybe a little bit, but it, it would have been like week like two or three, maybe. Um, so it's been a minute. It they, seems like they only show the uh, the Star Wars version of it, the extreme <laughs> close up of somebody's face. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it, maybe someone is rocking, <laughs> rocking the cockpit from the side to make it look like there's movement. Yeah. Um, but the footage from Maverick shows them like it's like a GoPro on the nose of the plane. And you just see straight up Tom Cruise flying the thing, right? Yeah. And he really did that. That wasn't like just some rear projection, blue screen computer thing. He was. Um, no, he actually uh, there, there was there was on a, a on a gimbal. They had a, a fuselage from a F-14 on a gimbal, a big ring and the and a pro, uh, rear projection screen or for projection oh, okay. screen. Yeah. Lights and fog. And, you know, um, yeah, they filmed all all the. All the cockpit scenes for our actors, our, our main guys, were filmed there. Um, all the stuff they tried to f- to film in the actual cockpits, yeah, the, the footage didn't come out good. We're talking about in the eighties too, aren't we? Right. So, but for some I reason, because cameras were just so big, though. Right. Yeah, but for some reason, the actual, you know, the MIG pilots, you know, those were actual in cockpit. Uh, shots so oh. I, I don't know how they got those to look good but not 
the you know our actors i don't know now in the new movie yes they were actually in the in the cockpits uh they were in the back seats of course you know but they were got flown around and they um filmed all they had all kinds of cameras in the f-18s and uh they will film it well back to the f-14s here mm-hmm. could you if needed fly from the back there was a was there another stick back there nope there wasn't if, no. if the pilot said you're just like sitting in the back seat going well this yeah. is nice <laughs> yeah uh might as well eject because yeah you're going down if, the, if wow. yeah you're 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 screwed yeah it's crazy the see i kind of had a uh i kind of had a feeling that maybe there was a repeater in the back and that's how they would film an actor up front pretending to fly uh, i think there there wasn't a, a stick but it was for um radar gotcha it was for the like i would say maybe for like lasers like laser uh um laser guided missiles you know type thing sure possibly possibly so you'd steer you'd steer your laser around in order to paint them. Yeah, but but it wasn't for uh, actual flight. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, then we come back to some fun Navy stuff. They show uh, they show IP here on the deck making some hand signals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they there's this there's a thing where, like, they're doing the catapult thing. I don't know. Oh. Did did you look up any of these hand signals? Uh no. But uh, so when you're launching a plane, they've got these long cylinders that are like as long as a football field, right? Mm-hmm. And it's hooked up, and just stop me if you've already talked about this in an earlier minute. Oh no. It's hooked up to the nose of the plane and it kind of and then there's like pressure from the uh from the reactor. The reactor, the nuclear reactor, you know, makes steam. Uh-huh. And they've got steam piped up to these things from the reactor, and there's no there's no safety valve on these things. They could just they could just blow up if you don't have a guy whose specific job it is to watch the pressure in the cylinders, uh-huh. right? Okay. So they so in this scene you see this guy make this move where he holds up his hand and then he takes two other fingers and he holds it against that, right? Yeah, that the move. Palm. Yeah, the palm of the hand. Um. I think that is a sign, and I don't know what it's a sign of, but I've seen that on a flight deck before, of like how many pounds of pressure are in the cylinder. Uh-huh. And it's, I don't know if that, that sign means that there's enough or that means there's a certain number of pounds or whatever, but like it's a signal that they've got enough pressure to launch without just lobbing them over the side or having so much pressure that they're going to like rip the nose off as it tries to take off. Okay. So it's, it's cool that they include that little thing in there. I yeah. don't really know that it comes in that order when you're launching a plane. Cause I actually did go research the order and it seems like you would signal that you have enough pr- pressure before you, you know, do the salute, which means that, you know, you're requesting permission to leave the ship. <laughs> yeah. From the, uh, from the shooter officer. Right. And then they go, when he takes off and he does the all clear, just an exciting thing to watch. I love oh, yeah. watching all these little these little navy guys doing their things on the deck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right before he takes off, though, we hear uh, you know over the loudspeaker, you know, well, Stinger of course says launch Maverick on alert five, so you know 
that's where we see Maverick getting ready and the engines are, you know, on his planer, you know, firing up and you see the flames coming out the back and, you know, uh, but we hear over a loudspeaker, you know, to, uh, it says, get a bearing on Hollywood and Wolfman launch the rescue helicopter, which sounds good. It sounded great, you know, and, you know, cause it was kind of in the background, but it wasn't really, you know, but, uh, mm-hmm. It's just the fact that it says get a bearing on Hollywood and Wolfman. I wouldn't they be like get a bearing on whatever plane, like a plane number, you know, would be the normal. I, well, I don't know if it's blown up and in the scene. They're just yeah. going to have to go out and find guys. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I guess do the, I do the pilots and them have like a, I mean, I'm guessing they have some kind of a homing beacon on them. They do. They have a homing beacon. They have a radio transmitter and they have like a like a, a strobe light. Those are the two things that they have on their on their life jackets. Okay. Yeah. That um, makes sense. That are just built into it. I don't know if the battery lasted very long in the 80s on those things. <laughs> <laughs> you had to get rescued pretty quick. Yeah. Because there wasn't there weren't like LED lights back then. That strobe light was like the same thing that's on top of school buses back in the 80s except it was here and you had a battery yeah it was on your shoulder and you had a battery and uh as far as as far as the uh the radio thing boy trying to think here you would just have to it just put out a signal as far as i know as far as i know it just put out a tone Mm -hmm. I'm, i'm kind of making an educated guess here yeah. And then you would have to, you'd have to circle around and just keep point. You'd have two antennas on your, on your uh, helicopter and you'd right. just have to keep pointing your thing in different directions and just keep following the strongest tone. Yeah. Cause you're kind of self triangulating uh-huh. uh, your way to them. It wasn't real good. It wasn't real accurate. It would get you, it would get you close. And then you have to start using those big eyes to find people. Right. Start looking for that strobe light. Yeah. Scary stuff to go down in the ocean, man. Oh, I bet. But w- to me, I wouldn't think you know if they're if they've already got planes in the air, and we already got enemy aircraft. You know, you wanted a helicopter in there, right? That was. <laughs> I mean, I mean, for one, you wouldn't want to get the helicopter right in there. But wouldn't you think the helicopter probably would have been ready to go already? You know, as soon as something happens. You know, if something were to happen, they were ready to go. I don't know. You know, I, I when it comes to man overboard stuff on the surface fleet, we would just they would just call it out, and you and that's when you would start looking. There wasn't yeah. you weren't getting ready for it. Mm-hmm. When it comes to uh, actual sorties being flown with fighters in the air, I would think there would be a ready crew. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we're talking, you know, we're talking a battle that is three minutes away at supersonic. Right. Your helicopter is going to get there in about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. Yeah. At least, you know, as they're depicting this, the fight was going up clear, you know, 
way mm-hmm. above the clouds, 10,000 feet, 20,000 feet, whatever it was. And your helicopter would just be flying along the surface. I don't th- even think the MiGs would notice them. Right. Although they might get them on radar and think to themselves, what's that going on down there? Are they sneaking up on us? Uh-huh. Maybe send one guy to check it out, blow them away. Who knows? Right. Yeah, that's possible. That's all right. Maverick gets but it would take- be but it would be an hour from now too from what <laughs> from what we're being seen depicted. Right. So my guess would be my guess would be the AWAC if it's launched. That's Air Force, right? Right. So I don't know if the Navy flies an observer. I don't think we do actually hmm. during this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean AWACS is usually there's always an AWACS plane somewhere flying around looking down on everything so maybe yeah. AWAC is watching this guy going in the ocean and uh and sharing his position and then you've got a guy flying to him and you also have telemetry from the from the aircraft itself saying where it was when it was when it was brought down right you've got your you've got your radar 56 guys watching the battle from the ship knowing where they are in that way mm-hmm so probably, probably uh, Wolfman and and what is his name in Hollywood were in a pretty good con- pr- position to be rescued yeah. before the sharks get them or they drown, yeah, or they die of hypothermia. I guess Indian Ocean that isn't going to happen, right? Not right away. Not right away. It it could, <laughs> but it'd be, it'd be a minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they'd have more problems with sharks. Yeah, the Indian Ocean is not. A nice place either oh yeah i know this is like a weird thing to say and you know i don't have anything backing this up but of all the of all the water we went in the indian ocean just seemed like a really rough place like it was it was never just a calm sea in the indian ocean it was always like super you know lots of swells and lots of like caps and stuff all the time even when it wasn't storming it just oh. felt like the wilderness there compared oh, wow. to other oceans. Wow. I never would have thought that. Anyways, Maverick gets taken oh. off. He he's, gets off the aircraft safely. So, and right there at the end of the, this minute. Uh, you have anything else for this minute? No, I think mm-hmm. I've talked to you around. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk, talk me off some more. Tell me about the first time <laughs> you saw a Top Gun. Oh my God. Okay. Um, if you remember. I mean, oh, yeah, I do. There was just uh, me and some friends living in Iowa in a rural town in Iowa just had nothing to do. And we were finally what year was this? 86. 86. So we were finally old enough to have friends that were old enough to drive at that point. Like I was friends with older people who had cars. Uh So we used to go to the movies all the time. And there's this town called Sturm Lake had a terrible movie theater. It was always (laughs) too dark and always too, too quiet. Um, but we used to go all see movies there and you know this was just one of them in that in that series of movies that all came out in that so in the 80s you know right just went to see everything um it didn't particularly like it's not the reason that i joined the navy or anything uh it wasn't the motivation for that but you know i i kind of actually thought like after seeing this movie that, oh, yeah, so I don't want to go in the Navy, <laughs> <laughs> which is weird because it was a recruiting tool for so many people. But right. I don't know. 
I learned years later that they had the seals, and that's why I wanted to go in the navy. Oh yeah. I don't want to be a pilot because I had glasses, so there was no motivation. Right. But it was, uh, it's one of those movies where you walk out totally pumped, you know, like ah. Yeah. That's amazing. Like being Rocky. Like you want to go hit somebody now, or <laughs> watch Top Gun. You want to go fly a plane now. You want yeah. to go do some adrenaline stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Watch Fast and Furious, and you want to go drive a car super fast or go rob a bank. <laughs> exactly. It, it it made that you know it made that feeling. <laughs> yeah. It created that feeling in in your teen uh, in your teen loins, and you had to get out there. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I was only I was only nine when I saw it, but whatever. And in society, we were just inundated with Top Gun. It was Mm -hmm. take your breath away every third time, every third play on the radio, Uh and you know, on our little Casio keyboards that we had at home, we were going. <laughs> yeah. all that crap yeah and the video was getting play all the time on mm. uh on mtv it feels like we just lived in top gun world for several months around the release of this movie oh yeah with mtv and the radio and just everything else it's like that's just all anyone talked about yeah yeah kelly mill gillis <clears throat> was the hottest woman walking the face of the earth <laughs> okay, what was so, it like uh yeah i'm sure you've already shared this with with someone but at nine years old like what was the impression on you oh i loved it i, I thought it was great did guys, so did did your parents like take you to see it my dad did yeah oh you had a dad that would take you to movies well, that my, my, my dad was my dad was an army guy um so and he was in in the 70s you know he was in during vietnam but he never went to vietnam he went to germany you know but sure. uh uh and he was a uh, an apc uh driver army personnel carrier driver sure. and uh so yeah he 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 loved like old westerns he loved military movies you know he was all about you know john wayne and clint eastwood and you know all that kind of stuff and um you know chuck norris movies you know the the mission of <laughs> Sure. You know, you know, missing in action movies and all that stuff and Rambo and um so yeah, anything that's like that. I watched uh Iron Eagle, which had came out a few months prior to Top Gun. <gasps> Iron Eagle was before Top Gun? Yeah, it came out in January of eighty six. Wow, and this came like- and this came out in uh, May of eighty six. So yeah, it was for you know, some I- reason I had the impression that that was like a quickly made copycat movie of top gun no it was actually made it was actually they were actually made at the same time it's just one was an air force version and, you know it was the navy and you know of course top gun had the backing of the navy you know iron eagle didn't really have the backing of the air force as much you know most of their stuff was you know stock footage you know that they used for any flying sequences Oh, see, I didn't know that. I haven't, yeah. I haven't, wa- I haven't revisited that movie in a while. Yeah, but I loved it, and I was a big fan of uh, uh, Jason Gedrick. You of know, course, and you know, so you know, my dad was like, dad, my dad took me. I he may have took my brother too, but I, I don't remember. He was, he was like seven at the time, so I don't know if he actually went, but I know I went and I saw it, and I loved it. I thought it was great, you know, so. Oh, I'm just, right now it's saying Iron Eagle was. Oh, that's Iron Eagle too. Okay. Yeah. 
so yeah i loved it that was great and it's still one of my top 10 movies of all time you know in my book. iron eagle is no no top gun top gun okay yeah. so that was going to be my next question which one you like better oh i love- you joined the air force yeah well <laughs> i joined the air force because i got a high score on my asvab and my dad said go there because you'll have better accommodations you sure. know, you know, I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and, I don't and then, know, and I then don't you know. went and made bombs, you're right? Yeah, I, I, when I initially joined, I wanted to be a cop, I wanted to be security, you forces. To be a security boy. forces, yeah. okay, yeah, that's what I wanted to do, but I got in some trouble when I was a teenager and I could not do that, so they put me into munitions. I'm like, oh. I get to build bombs. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. But you know, uh, building bombs in the military does not transfer very well over into the real world. You know, when you go into civilians. Yeah. So, but whatever. Well, you could, you could assemble air conditioners or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've been in my, I would translate that way. <laughs> I've worked in factories my uh, damn near my whole life. So okay. yeah. <laughs> so they trained you for the factories. Yep. Well, there was nothing unless I, I mean, I had my pilot's license, which means rivers, not air. Mm-hmm. When I got out, I had some things I could do, but it was like, eh, do I want to go drive a barge on the Mississippi? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it turns out, had I tried, I probably wouldn't have gotten the job anyway because those are extremely good jobs. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I had so many opportunities to go and get my private pilot's license, you know, and I could have went and got it for free for flying. <clears throat> yeah. For actually flying, like, you know, little small aircraft, you know, I could have done it, but I was young and dumb and I thought, oh, I could go drink and maybe meet girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how you end up in the factory. Yep. Because nothing wrong with that. Meet the girl of your dreams at that point. Yeah. Um, I have met a few girls in factories. Yeah, a few girls. <laughs> I've married one of them. <clears throat> yeah, and then got divorced. <laughs> you know, so how it goes? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, well, thanks a lot for having me on this week. It's 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 been a lot of fun so far. Yeah. I'm uh, I feel kind of honored that I get to be, you know, uh, talking about the final battle here, the exciting conclusion of this thing. Right. Maybe not the last last week where it actually ends, but like. You know, this is tense stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. On that note, we'll uh, we'll stop here, and we'll come back tomorrow. Ghost Rider, this is Kaboon requesting you to like and subscribe and share with your friends. If you could, please rate and review me on your favorite podcasting apps. You can continue the discussion on Facebook at Top Gun Minute Listener School. Find us on Twitter at Top Gun Minute Pod. Send your emails to me at topgunminutepod at gmail.com. You can find us and all your other favorite movies done in this format at moviesbyminutes.com. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, this episode pattern is full. <laughs>